Morning, everyone. It is Monday, the 20th of June, back from another weekend. Henry, good morning. You've got overnight for us, please. Morning, Ben. Yes, I have. I mean, overnight was actually over on Friday night, so uh, it seems a long time ago. But the Dow actually showed some signs of stability on Friday. It was triple, I think, witching, may have even been quadruple witching, which is the expiry of options and futures in the US. So it does tend to get a little bit more volatile. The Dow closing at the end of the day, down 38 points ahead of the bank holiday, which is today, Monday in the US. It had a high of 240 up and a low of 274 down. So quite a relaxed day really for the US. The NASDAQ better though, up 1.4%. And we did see the S&P up 0.2 of a percent. So we are seeing a little bit of stability there. But the big news, I guess, on Friday was the fall finally in the oil price down 5.6%. Brent crude, which is a, a positive when you're trying to fight inflation, the oil price has been stubbornly high around that 120 level. So we did see that coming back, which is good news. Gold were down a little bit. Base metals also off a little bit. And iron ore down 2.7%, $3.66 as well. So that hurt BHP and Rio overseas. So a little bit of a quieter session in US markets, but there is a little bit of interest this week with the RBA. And also we've got Powell in front of Congress, the one of his two-day testimonial sessions. So that'll get interesting as well. Thank you, Henry. Tom, what have we got in store today? Thank you, Ben. Well, when I started my notes, the ASX 200 was treading water, which was actually better than what the futures had indicated. Industrials and tech stocks outperforming. Most sectors are in positive territory. Energy and miners, the worst performers as we saw those commodity prices come off the top on the weekend. The big four banks all positive. Cooper Energy has some capital raising speculation around it. $245 million is expected to be raised at 24.5 cents. Infomedia up 6%. They had an offer of um, 100. Infomedia up 6% received an offer of 170 cents. Transurban up 1.7% announced a 26 cent distribution. And Vicinity Centers, VCX up 3%. They upgraded guidance. Finally, some good news for Vicinity Centers after a pretty horrible couple of years. And this week, just a signpost touching on what Henry already spoke about. We have China. Chinese loan prime rates due. So that's the mortgage rates for Chinese property sector. No changes expected. RBA minutes tomorrow. Speeches from Phil Plow, the main events locally. And we do have the US market closed tonight. So direction will be muted, taken from Europe, Ben. Nice work. Thank you, Tom. Layden, anything good from brokers today? Thank you, Ben. A little bit quiet out there in Brokerland this morning, but I've got a downgrade for Bega Cheese. That's BGA at UBS. The broker says that high input costs are expected to weigh on the FY23 recovery, mainly relating to increased milk supply costs, but also packaging, freight, labour and electricity costs. UBS is now 7% below consensus for forecasts for FY23 profits, and the target price is reduced to $4.75, down from $5.40. They're still implying about a 9% upside. And Carnarvon Energy, that's CVN, was upgraded to outperform at Macquarie. The broker observes the stock has materialized really underperformed peers, but expects that value is now better recognized. And the target price increases 20% to 30 cents, which implies a 43% upside. Thank you, Ben. Good stuff. Thank you, Leighton. Christopher Conway, what have you got for us this morning? Good morning, Ben. Thank you. Chart of the day 
this morning is West African resources. So I've run the ruler over the gold stocks because a lot of people are interested in gold at the moment for its safe haven status amid the market volatility. I looked at all of them. I looked at the big players as well, Newcrest, Northern Star, Evolution Mining, but it was West African resources that came up trumps when considering the technicals and the fundamentals. So West African resources stock code WAF poured its first gold in March 2020. They recently gave their maiden guidance at 220 to 240,000 ounces and an all-in sustaining cost around 1100 bucks US per ounce. That was much better than expected on the cost front and their operating performance has been described as exceptional. Macquarie like it as well. They have an outperform rating on it at a target price of a buck 50. It's currently trading around $1.30. So some potential upside there. Just a reminder that I'll be doing a webinar on a Wednesday evening, 5 p.m. Great support already. People submitting their stock codes. So I'll review the top 10. In the Manic Monday, right up today, I'm looking at the potential for an earnings recession. That seems to be the thought on the market's mind at the moment. Thank you, Chris. And worth noting too, in case anyone is struggling to find your uh, wonderful work this morning, it is now sitting under the ideas tab in the active investors section, which Marcus will give us a little bit more insight into in just a moment. Henry, what's happening in Henry's take today? Not huge amounts, Ben. I had an email from one of our wonderful members over the weekend uh, talking about what is happening in crypto, crypto, and the propensity for the crypto meltdown to infect other areas of the financial system. Of course, crypto Crypto was supposedly the the big hedge, gold 2.0, digital gold, and was supposed to be the thing that would be the hedge in times of trouble. Well, it's actually turned out to be part of the trouble and uh, just the potential that it has for spreading, I guess, a bit like the GFC, where we didn't know what was underneath in terms of some of the leverage plays that the likes of Lehman had on. Uh, There's certainly a potential for that leverage underneath in terms of crypto. So there was a good article last week in the Sydney Morning Herald by a professor. Professor Hillary Allen, and she was talking about the decentralized financial system that has built up over the last couple of years, which could be a danger. I uncovered Rene Rifkin's book over the weekend when I was digging through some old papers, which makes interesting reading if you're a four-year-old and you want to get some slogans out of a cracker, which is obviously what my old buddy Nigel Littlewood did when he wrote the book, because it is basically just one line, little quotes from everything that we've always read about finance not really much of a book, to be honest. Apart from that, just the US normal check-ins there and just interesting to see how the Atlanta GDP now read that we uh, look at every Monday has fallen off a bit of a cliff. And Janet Yellen was talking last night on ABC on Sunday in the US talking about how she didn't see much evidence that there would be a recession, but equally she did say that inflation would be a factor in the US economy for 2022, although it would moderate, she hoped, by year end. But quiet day today, not uh, not too much to get excited about. Thank you for that, Henry, and your unique book review. Marcus, what have you got for us? <laughs> Thanks, Ben. On the strategy front today, well, I did the strategy at the weekend, of course. And the, the main game at the moment is timing the bottom. We've cashed out the strategy portfolio. And the risks at the moment suggest that it could take months to resolve the current sentiment lows. Inflation hasn't peaked yet, could at any time, of course. Central banks are getting more aggressive, not less still. And Jerome and Phil have just woken up. We'll hear from them. That Jerome Powell thing is well what is his semi-annual testimony to the Senate Banking Committee, which will run through everything policy-wise. And Europe's emerging as significant risk, as I wrote last week. We don't want another Greek crisis or Italian crisis. And China's COVID policy is extending supply chain issues. 
writing about X factors at the weekend. One of them is China may be waking up to a new policy on COVID rather than a zero policy that could turn things around. Another X factor could be the Russian conflict shows no signs of ending at the moment. But imagine if it did, you'd want to be out of energy stocks quick smart and into the market elsewhere. Energy prices are becoming critical in some countries. And I think Henry mentioned it at the weekend. And I have mentioned it this morning in a short strategy piece that energy prices collapsing, if they did, for whatever reason, could well be a catalyst for a market bounce because it would take the pressure off inflation and get everybody looking towards a peak in inflation and therefore interest rates uh, could get things going. Meanwhile, for the moment, we're still in a downgrade cycle. Lots of GDP downgrades around. I think Goldman Sachs is out today saying that they don't see that a recession is priced into the US market yet. We're clearly anyway coming off the top of a global economic cycle. It's a bad time for an inflation boom and recession looms in the US, recession looms in Europe. And uh, you can see there's just no reason from the macro side to be calling the bottom anytime soon. I wrote on Friday, was it Friday last week, about the signs of the bottom. I think if you were just to look for one thing, the day you wake up is the day you wake up to a 5 to 10% bounce in the US market, probably the NASDAQ. And that's when you start trying to make decisions about whether that's the bottom or not, and whether it, uh, any bounce won't be sustained without some macro improvement. So we wait for that day. And as of today, it clearly isn't here yet. Other things to mention today are the chart, which is doing the rounds on Twitter with in a number of places of the PE of the market and how the PE of the S&P 500, if you can believe a PE for a whole market, PE of the S&P 500 is down below the five-year average. And if you look at our PE as well, we're down to 15 times. This is well below our peaks. If you look at the chart in my strategy section, brief strategy section today, you'll see our PE went up to close to 30. Of course, these PEs are highly unreliable and there's often a mismatch between the E and the P. So P's go up and the E's don't go up and the earnings lag the prices. So at the moment, whilst the P's fall into 15, that suggests that the E has stayed up whilst prices have come down when in fact we might be in for a series of downgrades in the next results season, in which case the PE will start to rise again. So these PEs are highly unreliable, but the charts doing the rounds suggest that we are no longer in a period of excessive valuations of equities and are getting towards value, certainly nearer than we were. Other things today, you'll notice the whole commodities complex peaking out a little bit, including energy now. So you've got resources, gold, energy sector, all coming off the top. And if you think about it, this is a global economic slowdown is feeding into the market from the top down. And it's not really a sentiment thing. It's a growth thing or an economic thing. So we'll see what Powell says, but I can't see any quick turnaround for our market at this stage. Right. The other thing to mention today is we have started the ideas section for active members, active investors. You'll see that in the strategy piece today. This is going to contain Chris's chart of the day, Chris's technical signals, and all the stuff Chris was doing and allows the rest of the team to drop in ideas. I'm not going to be a portfolio behind this ideas section. It is simply for active investors. It's where we can put things in without having to frame them as a stock we're buying in the portfolio, things that don't fit into other sections. So have a look at the ideas section today. As I say, it's a bit more short term for active people. And one of the interesting ones in there is the obvious observation. And we do have some members who are disciples of Polynovo, PNV, 
V, the charts bottomed quite decisively at a time that the market is collapsing. The share price is going up. The company's on the brink of making a profit over the next couple of years. Some members, as I say, are disciples. The CEO is consistently buying on market. He started buying at 87. They're now $1.42. Do your own research, but Polynovo clearly flying along. Also in the ideas section, Tom was on Ausbiz this morning talking about computer share as a buy. He had next DC as a hold and Kogan as a sell. That chart looks horrible. I've got a piece talking about the risk that the energy sector tops out very precipitously at some point. And also a comment about Transurban, which has got a dividend announcement today. This is one of the companies that has pricing power and inflation is good for them. Plus, if you beep your car rather than look at the displayed price in a supermarket, they can do whatever they like with prices. They do have pricing power. And you'll notice in this period of inflation, the stock has started to significantly outperform the market. Price is actually going sideways whilst the market falls. So you wouldn't buy it as a growth company, but any fund managers out there listening, this is a stock that's outperforming and is a fairly safe haven against a recession. And that's about that from me. Very nice thing, Marcus. And a good segue there just to note that we do have a couple of portfolio changes in the newsletter today. In the Forever portfolio, exactly what you were just talking about there, Marcus, we've taken some profits in oil, basically noting that things have gotten fairly high and that the risk of things moving sharply down is increasing and we don't want to you know, be left holding the bag with a large position if that the, does the happen. The portfolio is overweight, isn't it? The portfolio Energy, was which overweight. Which has done us really well. It has. We entered those positions a little under a month ago. We've done 10% in Beach Petroleum, 15% in Woodside. Getting rid of Beach Petroleum is the riskiest one of those oilers that will be hit the hardest if the oil price does take a sharp turn down. And we've also just reduced Woodside from being a very large position to just a large one. And we've also added a 2% position in Transurban, which is about market weight there. Exactly what you're talking about, Marcus, it being, you know, pricing power, one of the obvious inflation hedges. So happy to get that holding there and collect the dividend, which on this cycle is about 2%, which then leads us into the dividend portfolio, which we are taking a little bit more sizable chunk in Transurban there to collect the dividend, put a bit of the cash that we've built up to work. And we're also switching into CBA for much the same reason. CBA has got that big dividend coming up. So we want to make sure that we are collecting those for our income investors. Yeah, I think at the beginning of last week, when we were writing about the, the week before, actually, when we were writing about the bank sector coming off the top, the idea I had in the strategy section was most investors just ignore this current correction, quite honestly, especially if they're income focused. But if you were wanting to be active and do something, then the obvious thing was to sell ANZ, Westpac and NAB and look to buy, but not buy yet CBA. So the CBA is likely, especially if the market starts to bottom a little bit, likely to run into its results in August. I think they're all August the 10th. You've got a fair time, but it may well be that selling those banks a week and a half ago and looking to buy the CBA before its dividend is the ploy. Also worth mentioning, we haven't launched them yet, but we are about to launch the portfolios for long-term investors based around the forever portfolio. We're about to launch its own section and we're also about to launch our own section for the income portfolio. And that will be, so we'll have two sections, one for long-term members and the other one for income-focused investors, which will look at yield, franking, dividends. Yes, and that will house those portfolios as they are now. Just And when are we future. launching those? That'll be launched next week. So you're going to do a write-up in this weekend's coming okay. newsletter, and then they'll be live in their new shiny sections next week. So that's two sections, one for the long-term investor, one for the income investor. Last but not least, our question of the day, which today is if you had to describe Marcus today in one sentence, what would it be? Tom, you 
you look like you want to go first. I reckon I can do it in two words, tenacious and awesome. Thank you, John. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Chris? Sharing knowledge for better outcomes. I've always loved our sense of community and the way that we embrace everyone. And the end goal is to just generate better outcomes, better returns for everyone. Chris, Layton? Yeah, so mine's a bit more at the risk of sounding cliche, but helping investors become the best version of themselves that they can. Very nice. Henry? Well, I was going to try something along the lines of um, the New Zealand butter, but struggling to come up with it. Uh, your friend in the fridge, but... <laughs> something along the lines of your friend in finance but you have to say it with a kiwi accent i think to make it really worthwhile very nice i'll jump in before you because i reckon you might have a bit to say on this marcus i would say something along the lines of your one-stop investment shop and over to you right we are spending some money with a marketing company at the moment and one one thing is clear from our website is that we have just hit people with noise and it's very unclear what our business is and the line that i will be engineering or uh, trying to polish will be along these lines. We teach investors how to look after their money safely and successfully using daily education, ideas, and entertainment. There you go, one sentence. But I think the point or the differentiating point of Marcus today versus other subscriptions is we are not just stock tips. Some of the other newsletters will say, have a look at our recommendations and they'll show annualized returns of stocks that went up for a day and then multiply it by 365. And the whole thing is about stock tips and performance. And as we know, Marcus stays much more than that. We are about teaching people by osmosis, as one member calls it, which I think is right. Every day you learn a little bit. And I challenge anybody to go a year with a Marcus Today subscription and not turn out to be a much better investor. So more than stock tips. Very nice. Funny to mull over there. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, you'll see these messages appearing across the website soon. It's not really for members. It's really for free trials to try and convert free trials of course very nice we'll see you all tomorrow good luck today thank you thanks Sam.